Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison. This right here is is Dave. Oh, is it Dave? Dave Cribb? That's me. There he is. You almost forgot who I was, Peter. How very rude. I'll choose to believe it wasn't deliberate. Yeah, it was just be playing about what I'm like. <laughs> are we well? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm very good, actually. Thank you. It's nice. We've started recording these in the evenings now because, mm. of, because of, well, I was going to say because of lockdown, but that doesn't really change anything about our recording habits. It's more that you've got a job still to go to in the day, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So uh, I'm spending my free time in the evenings doing this. You lucky thing, you. That's a very pleasant evening is what I was going to say. Nice and balmy outside. (laughs) It's nice and balmy, isn't it? What an atmosphere. I don't think I've ever used the word balmy to describe the weather personally. Well, there you go. That's a new one for the vocab, Peter. Yeah. Anytime you want. Um, it's worth saying, as always, that uh, Pete and I are in different cities, so we are uh, strictly observing social distancing to, oh, I'd say, an extreme degree. We've put a good 200 miles between us. <laughs> um, but we don't live in the same city anyway, so these podcasts are never recorded uh, in the same room. So it's basically this situation works out very well for us, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. As you were, for us at least. Exactly. Except we've not got a friend with us. Um, if you're new to Friends with Friends, yes, that's so normally we'd have a, a guest, a friend on to talk about their favourite episode of Friends uh, in these unprecedented times. Pete, have you heard that phrase been used at all recently? I have. I yes. have in these uncertain times, in these strange times. Yep, in these weird old times. It's just going to be myself and Pete for this series of uh, Lockdown Friends with Friends. Um, and we're discussing some of your favourite episodes. That was a nice little touch yes. we uh, decided to do live on the podcast last week, wasn't it? Almost like we thought it through. And uh, we're very grateful to everyone who got in touch, sharing episodes that they would like us to talk about. Um, and we are going to talk about one of them. It's always nice, isn't it? And, and, and we say this fairly often, but when people actually do get in touch, because even though we can see like the numbers and that there are people listening to the podcast, it does... It's always really nice reinforcement when people actually get in touch and say hello and and respond to things we ask. I just feel I just feel very warm inside, Peter. It's, I'm very appreciative of it all. Do you feel balmy inside? I feel. I mean, I'm not sure if the word would be balmy, but for the time being, we can. <laughs> word of the day: balmy. Friends with friends. Balmy. Word of the day: balmy. balmy. So we'll get through as many of these as we can over the next few weeks. Thanks so much for, for sending them in, uh, sending your favourite episodes in. Uh, we requested a number of things, didn't we, Pete, in the correspondence request last week. Uh, number one was, uh, if you can, send us a little voice note. 
because then you get to feature on the podcast yourself rather than just us reading it out a bit badly. Uh, number two, if you tell us how much you love the podcast, it's more likely to get featured on the podcast. Uh, so let's see if that happened. Who knows? Uh, and number three, give us like, you know, your best reasons why why you want us to talk about it and we will uh, uh, pick our favourite ones. So should we, should we open the can of messages? <laughs> Let, yes, open the can of messages. <laughs> it's like the world's worst game show. Pick a pick a bean out of the can of beans. Each bean represents a message, Pete. What's who's got in touch this bean? Just play the clip. Hi guys, uh, I'm not really sure how to do a voice recording, so I've done a video, but blocked the camera so you can't see me. I love the podcast. You are fantastic, but I would like you to talk about the episode where Dr. Drake Ramore dies by being pushed down a lift shaft for 20 odd years i have wondered whether this was a kickback from the writers against matthew perry for the interviews where he was always said he he had lived a lot of his lines and he created a lot of chandler himself if you could discuss it and then maybe somebody who could hear it and who knows about these things would be able to say yes this is what we meant to do or no it's not it's just a coincidence that would be fantastic uh love you all bye well there you go pete did mention how much you like the podcast, which is... Uh, it's all it takes. ...the main requisite. Um, what I would say is, before we start discussing the episode, uh, he's overreached, I think, in our influence in the world of Friends and the Friends writers, in the sense that I'm not sure we're going to be able to yes. answer that question on any level, really. But maybe, like he says, if we do it and somebody tweets about it or somebody does it all, you know, the word spreads, maybe we'll start a sort of serial-based investigation. I did have a quick look up, uh, up about it to, to find out what I could find, and um, the answer is inconclusive. But there was a story that they did the rounds uh, a few years ago about there was a storyline that Matthew Perry refused to do going to a strip club because he liked the sandwiches or was it like a gay strip wasn't it a gay bar yeah was it something yeah. like yeah 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 exactly and apparently he called them up and was like let's I'd, I'd rather not do this one which um I to mean, be honest fair enough by the sound of it yeah read into that what you will doesn't sound like a great uh, storyline um but uh yeah but I, I couldn't possibly we couldn't we couldn't deign to uh to speculate could we pete no we we, we well we don't deal in facts we deal with uh, lukewarm speculation. Lukewarm speculation on Friends with Friends. You are welcome. But if anyone is listening and has information to offer, then you know how to get in touch. Uh, and by you know how to get in touch, I mean you probably don't because we have three different ways of getting in touch and they're all completely <laughs> different. You can tweet us though on uh, at FriendsWF. If you're on Instagram, it's at FWFpod. Uh, or drop us a little line on the old Facebook, uh, which is facebook.com slash friendspod. What's that? They're all different, and that's not very good synergy. Absolutely correct. What about um, what about MySpace? Have we got a MySpace? Probably somewhere. Can, Everyone's got yeah, one somewhere. Can you they? set us up a MySpace? Get on to Tom. Okay, so the episode that um, we don't have his real name, do we? He's just called what's he called on Twitter, Pete? Lardy Basto. Lardy Basto. Well, maybe that is his real name. Maybe I do that occasionally. There was one, there was, I was watching something the other day and thinking, that actor, it, it can't possibly be called that in real life. And it turns out that was their name. It's not a great story if I can't remember who it is. What is the strangest name someone you've met in real life has had? Does that question make sense? Yes, no, it does, yeah. Oh, I know who I think about quite often. As I always presumed Dua Lipa was a stage name. 
but that is just no, absolutely. real. Yeah, I know. But I just, you know, like sometimes you just assume they've chosen, because that's a cool name, isn't it? I went to school with someone called Buffy Rabbits. Buffy Rabbits? Yeah. Is- um, her first name, I think her first name was Elizabeth, but... Um, she went by Buffy deliberately? Chose chose to be Buffy Rabbits instead, yeah. Was her surname Rabbits? Yes. So she was Elizabeth Rabbits. <laughs> oh God! Can you imagine she ever hears this? I mean, it's entirely plausible, Pete. This is a public. She's probably broadcast. forgotten I exist, but yeah. <laughs> if her or somebody that she knows listens to this now and, and, and sends her a message, Pete, you're going to have to get ready yeah. to receive a message saying, "Why are you talking about me on a podcast?" I've just always remembered that name. Why wouldn't you? It's a very strange name. Anyway, yeah. good name. I hope she's well and happy and you know safe. <laughs> Shout out to Buffy <laughs> Rabbits. Anyway, Lardy Basto's chosen uh, uh, season two, episode 18, the one where Dr. Ramore dies. Here's a Wikipedia synopsis for those of you that haven't watched it recently. Joey's good fortune comes crashing down when he foolishly claims in an interview for Soap Opera Digest that he writes all his own lines on the show, angering the scriptwriter who kills Joey's character off. Meanwhile, Phoebe's attempt to help Chandler bond with his new roommate ends up revealing Eddie's quirky behaviour, and sexual history dominates a discussion between two couples, Monica and Richard, and Ross and Rachel. Where to begin, Pete? Let's begin with the couples bit. It's the whole sort of magic number conversation. Yeah. Um, is is the magic number conversation okay to have in a relationship? It's a weird one, isn't it? So it's I, it's a conversation that I haven't had for a long time, and it kind of like brought back a whole strange underlying of anxiety. Do you know what I mean? That conversation is not like a... It's never really a fun one if you have it with somebody that you like, I don't think. It's uncomfortable because you don't know how people are going to react, which is... Well, that's you empathising with Monica then, I guess, isn't it? Right, yeah. But also everybody within this conversation... So Monica and Richard are talking about it. Ross and Rachel are talking about it. And they're all basically having the same to and fro aren't they of, of, of sort of going if I find out and it's better than I thought it was that's great but what if I find out and it's worse and it's going to get do you know what I mean it's, it's one of those things where you're really playing with fire every time you have that conversation it is ingrained in Monica going into this to be embarrassed about the number so before the conversation even starts in her head she's embarrassed about the idea of her having slept with many people being high Right, and that's because Phoebe sets this up. So this whole this all starts when Phoebe sort of makes a little speech, doesn't she? Saying, "I like Richard the best out of all the people Monica's been with," and that's been yeah. a lot. And um, yeah, and it's it's that kind of weird. It feels slightly unfrenzy in a weird way because it feels a bit uh, judgy, doesn't it? Like Phoebe's yeah. Phoebe's comment is quite slut shaming. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. In a way that we I think this group doesn't really do it as much as we might be led to believe, you know? Friends in some ways and it sometimes kind of balances out how normal it is for women to talk about sex and wanting to go on dates and and essentially want sex. Uh, it, it tries its best at times to balance that out with the men. Whereas in this episode, there is a big imbalance there because Monica's quite embarrassed about it and uh, equally... Richard slept with two people, isn't it? And and that's also quite out of kilter with the friends' equilibrium of, of their attitudes towards sex. Yeah, which is also strange, though, because both these conversations that are happening, you've got Ross and Rachel, and you've got Monica and Richard, and both the guys, sort of, you know, a-stereotypically, are, have both only slept with two other people, uh, or one, in yeah. Richard's case, previously. So there is, there is kind of like a flip on 
I guess, those sort of stereotype norms that you might have with this sort of conversation, isn't it? Although Ross is very much true to form in terms of, well, he manages to have a problem with Rachel sleeping with someone before she was even with him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, again, like Ross, that conversation that Ross and Rachel have, Rachel names like, what, four people she slept with? Ever? I I would imagine a normal reaction if the answer was four is people would be like, that's not very many at all. Like, immediately manages to find problems with the fact that just just a guy that he's met, basically, that she slept with. Well, the reason he has a problem with her sleeping with Paolo is because he liked her at the same time, isn't it? But he doesn't just accept that, okay, she was with someone else at that point. He has a real, quite petty, childish problem with the idea i mean no one likes to think of the person they're with being with other people like that's not a nice thought is it but but he goes way too far but you know basically he acts like she's cheated on him with paolo doesn't he yes exactly yeah (laughs) yeah even though he there was there's nothing of the sort there like she didn't even know that he liked her at this point never mind had any responsibility towards him interestingly though peter would you like some uh boring drilling down into details that nobody really cares about but things something i noticed it's what we're all here for yeah welcome to the podcast uh i've got two examples that i can think of to hand of people we know rachel slept with uh that she doesn't list in this list that we find out later uh, okay so chip matthews is one remember chip oh yeah chip yeah. she makes reference to it. it didn't it didn't even last an entire song does it count and all that sort of stuff you know um, yeah. which would heavily imply they they done some sex. And um, <laughs> she also makes reference, doesn't she, to a teacher that she, when she's talking to Joe, I can't remember what the conversation is, but someone at high school, and she says, oh, yeah, I had this with somebody that I liked. Maybe it's the Ross and Elizabeth storyline, I can't remember. And uh, whoever she's talking to says, and how did you get over that teacher? And she just, she says, I didn't. I got under him, which also implies they'd done some sex. They could have been doing some uh, gymnastics. <laughs> they could have been doing some gymnastics. You, you've, you've made me look like an absolute prick there, Pete. You perv. Probably hey. just doing a human pyramid, aren't they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Two-person human pyramid. Then this, Well, the Ross and Rachel thing turns into an argument about Paolo, the animal sex thing. A funny line about Ross uh, sort of... Like, it's real insecurities poking through here, isn't it, with Ross, when he's like, there's not even, like, chipmunk sex with us? Yeah, it just makes him seem like a little boy, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it really does. It's it's a real sort of pathetic moment for Ross all the way through this. Monica and Richard, in the meantime, are having this conversation about the number, and, like, we, we A, we never find out Monica's n- number, but Richard seems really chilled about it, and the so- it's sort of resolved by them going, oh, that's not very many at all, all the best. Um and then they accidentally say, I love you, without actually saying, I love you. Yeah, this is like the first time they kind of say it to each other, isn't it? Because she says, you know, I love you too, right? Therefore implying that she's not said that before. Richard says something like, I've only had sex with people I've been in love with. And then Monica says, but you've only had sex with two people. And he goes, right. And she goes, oh my God, that means you love me. Why did she not think that? Why did she say this, the two people thing? Isn't the big moment him going, I've only had sex with people I'm in love with. And then she's like... Oh, you're in love with me. That would be the perfect moment to be like, what a big moment. But she goes, but you've only had sex with two people. just seemed a bit weird to me watching it back. Yeah, like it waters down the sentiment a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, they have a lovely time. And then this is all funneling into the the last condom argument, which this is very much for me, Pete. I don't know if you agree. Like the pivot thing. In my head, pivot was like an entire episode of Friends. But in fact, when we watched it back for this podcast, it was about four minutes. And this last condom thing in my head was fucking like really long. And it's over in about three minutes. 
Yeah, and it's it's just it's even quite a minor part of Monica, Rachel, and Ross and Richard's story in this episode, isn't it? Because the whole part of that storyline in this episode is about the magic number thing. It's right. not about the last condom. The last condom thing is like a bookend at the end of the, yeah. the magic number. But it's not the bit you remember, like viv- like quite yeah, vividly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've written three thoughts down about the last condom scenario, Pete. I'd like to take you through them one by one. Number one. Okay. Is it a bit weird they have shared condoms? Yes. So, like, I, I genuinely don't know whether this might be a thing that, like, that, that say women that share flats do, for example. I've got no experience of that. Is there a shared bathroom? And but, uh, without going into sort of very banal, basic gender stereotypes, I don't think men would ever have that arrangement, would they, if you shared a flat with another guy? Well, isn't it? It's, it's quite like a personal item right. that you would probably have within the confines of your own room. Also, the fact that when you were about to have sex, you had to be like, hang on, I just need to go through to another room to get a condom. So this like, is the- one yeah. would think that that's, that's a bit of a, a mood breaker. It's so weird. It happens twice. And, and apparently, yeah, like you say, every time they want to have sex, one of them has to get up, put some clothes on, run across the apartment, go to the bathroom, open the drawer, grab a condom, come back. And like, you know, without wishing to put too fine a physical point on it pete the moment could well be over by then <laughs> absolutely yeah also oh god maybe this is too much detail. Nah, nah go for it um in this episode when both ross and richard go to the bathroom right at the end to get a condom yeah um, they are just wearing dressing gowns, right? Which might suggest that the sex has already started. I'd say that absolutely suggests that, right? So then they run out, and you would surely, <laughs> you would surely still be turned on at that point, would you not? <laughs> yeah, they've had to run into another room, bump into someone else. And, uh, I mean, the moment's just completely gone, hasn't it? Espe- yeah, especially because in one of their cases, like, you're talking to a man 20 years senior to you that is literally in the middle of having sex with your sister. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, yeah, there's the awkward conversation that they have standing in the doorway as well when they sort of, when Ross comes out the door growling, doesn't he? Yeah, um, the whole thing. I, I, I like the, I do like the thing where they translate from this really awkward small talk, Ross and Richard, aren't they? They're having about the moustache comb and, you know, what do you call that? Um, and then we cut back to them and they're having this really heated debate about something that I still don't really know what it is. John Voight and some someone else. Like, all those references yeah. are way over my head. There must be proper pre-90s references. But uh, there is definitely like, yeah, just the dressing gown thing is like you say, it really implies that nudity has occurred, therefore some sort of activity has begun, and therefore is this very, <laughs> and it's just a very inconvenient place to, to keep your condoms. One of them, as an absolute nightmare, one of them has been very uh, inconsiderate because one of them has previously dipped into the shared condoms and gone, there's only one left. And not flagged it or bought some more. So they need a better inventory-based system, Pete. Who's stock checking? (laughs) Oh, it's getting sexier. (laughs) Anyway, back to my list, if you don't mind. Uh, Number two Mm. goes back to this thing about Ross uh, having to talk to Richard, who's literally in the middle of having sex with Monica. When Monica and Rachel are having this conversation, there's a real weird excitement 
about yes, the fact like that Rachel's... Yes, like a mutual a, relish. Yeah, yeah that yeah. Rachel's about to have sex with her brother. It's really odd. Like, they're like, oh, are you going to do it? Are you going to have sex with... It's like, oh, this doesn't feel... We've talked about this before, haven't we? That Ross and Monica have a strange sibling relationship, but... Oh. But I think this is actually one of the peak episodes for that, because there's a moment earlier on as well where they're all sat in Central Perk, four of them squashed onto one sofa, and, well, the sofa... And Richard says, oh, I, I, I can't stay over. I haven't got my pyjamas. Yeah. Or jammies, as he says. <laughs> and Monica says, oh, maybe you don't need them. And she's obviously implying sex while sat next to her brother. So she's like openly suggesting sex in yeah. front of her brother. And like this is probably the peak weird episode for... Ross and Monica being weirdly sexual in front of each other, apart from the episode where they, it's revealed that they kissed. Yeah, I mean, that's let's not talk about that one ever. I think if someone ever picks that, we should just veto it, because that yeah. makes me feel a bit nauseous. Um, mm. The very, very light early stages of dirty talk, isn't it? Monica going, you don't need your jammies. Uh, and it's like, why are you doing that in front of your brother? Yes. Yeah. Very, very odd. But the whole thing, right? This is another thing I noticed. And it's not actually made my list, Pete, but I'd like to flag it while we're here. I, I can't quite work out the best way to sound this without sounding quite judgy. And I don't mean it. And maybe we'll happily accept that this is kind of fine. But, so you put yourself in Richard's situation, right? You're 50 odd years old. And... They have a sort of joke about how they always stay at Richard's apartment, but it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, if you think about what's happening, is that this 50-odd-year-old man is going back to, like, the house share of a 20-something-year-old and having to dart around. I imagine Richard, by this stage, has got a really nice apartment. He's probably got a sexy ensuite bathroom where he keeps his condoms and <laughs> doesn't have to run across the living room of this shared flat with all her friends wandering around. It's kind of... It, I don't know, it just felt a little bit weird to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. It kind of... He, he finds himself in what is quite a studenty, juvenile situation right. darting around the apartment in a way that you kind of just think that a man, as you say, in his 50s would probably sit back and go, you know what, I think I'm a bit too old for this. I think, But I think we're a bit too old. Like if I, like, yeah, no, I agree. Like I would feel really weird if... I ended up going back with someone and they lived in like... And look, Rachel and Monica's apartment isn't a student flat by any stretch. Uh, and we've never, you know, there's a, a an explanation that we get about rent control. They obviously can't afford to live there. That's a different point. Mm. But to all intents and purposes, it's kind of like a student setup, isn't it? All the it's a uni horse around. type thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a uni setup. And I feel a bit weird going back to that. Anyway, look, maybe it's fine. Maybe I'm being judgy. Who knows? Well, they end up not together mainly because of the age difference, don't they? So. Well, this is true. Uh, but this brings me to point three of my list, Peter. And uh, this is one that's always annoyed me. When they find out they can't have a condom, like, they just, it's like they just give up on anyth- anything. Like, there's loads of other stuff they can do. <laughs> just have a nice time. Um, well, just, just sit and, you know chat about how in love you are that's quite nice <laughs> well i wasn't thinking that pete but you know you know i was thinking about the fruit basket. i'm aware you weren't <laughs> but like i'm thinking about the fruit basket episode you know there's a lot of uh well, this yeah. is, this is, there's been a lot of sex chat on this podcast for the first time in quite we don't mm. it's not a very sexy podcast this pete is it i don't mean you know, i don't wish to do us down but i just i don't think no. our listeners are here for the sexy sex appeal talk are they no i agree but this episode demands it because it's very sex heavy um but yeah like guys come on like richard be a bit creative man just just (laughs) (laughs) the biggest irony is that i know nothing about doing that (laughs) 
If you're a fan of all things geeky, you're going to love Concessions, a brand new podcast by comedian Matt Hyten and myself, Beck Hill, where we interview your favourite cult heroes at Comic-Cons all across the world. We've got stars from Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Walking Dead and more. Make sure you tune in soon to Concessions. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, should we talk about Eddie? Yes. Oh, you said that in a very sort of contemplative manner. Well, because I think it's another one of those situations where I think on my head, Eddie is is around for longer than he actually is. Yeah. Because we learn very quickly at the start of this episode that Eddie is quite intense because he's talking to... Phoebe sets it up so that Shanna and Eddie are getting to know each other, doesn't she? Yes. And yeah, then and leaves yeah. and leaves them to it. And it quickly becomes clear that Eddie's uncomfortably intense when he talks about having his heart broken by Tilly in this really like graphic rip my heart out sort of language. Yeah. I think in my head Chandler has longer standing problems with Eddie than he does because actually start this episode he thinks he's all right end of this episode total total weirdo right you've got to get out your flat. Yeah yeah and This is the peak Eddie episode, isn't it, really? Apart from the one where they do actually manage to kick him out. Which is the next one, isn't it? Like, I Yeah, think, next I, up. Basically, and this is what struck me, based on last week's episode that we talked about, Eddie is in the same number of episodes as Bonnie. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're both in three episodes of Friends. And like Eddie just feels like such a bigger part of the whole world in my head um, mm. than, than, for example, Bonnie does. But... Um, yeah, it's so strange, isn't it? Like, right, even right at the start, it's just like, oh, Eddie's a bit quiet and boring. And then by the end, it's like, Eddie is mad. Yeah, he quickly descends into being... I mean, he's he's not the most enigmatic and charismatic uh, character at the start of it, but he unravels very, very quickly and all of a sudden is, is 
accusing Chandler of killing his fish and sleeping with his ex. <laughs> yeah, he's so good though, isn't he? Um, oh, he's great. Adam yeah. Goldberg that plays Eddie, like he's there's like a couple of lines that really make me laugh out loud every time. I think one of them is the where he's like, "Oh, this is this is unbelievable," and slaps his head. The whole Tilly story thing. Basically, in that moment, he kind of flips. But even having told that story, he then goes, "That wasn't so funny, was it?" And even then, you're sort of thinking, "Oh, he's he's gone he's a just bit, got a bit carried away." Yeah, he just got a bit carried away. But he's, he realizes it, and then suddenly, within like four minutes, he's stealing the insoles from Chandler's shoes, accusing him of stealing his fish, and then all this weird stuff about getting a new fish that's actually a cracker. I mean, what's what, what's going on? Yeah, this is it's sort of. Um it unravels and goes downhill on a similar sort of trajectory to when Joey's incapable of speaking English with the French stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, like Eddie is incapable of recognising that it's not a goldfish, it's a cracker. Do you know what a goldfish is shit, Pat? Uh, don't get me started on a goldfish, mate. I've got absolutely no time for him. My sister bought me a, and I was very grateful for it, <laughs> um, bought me a fish tank a few years ago. And I went and got a couple of fish for it. Uh, they were called sausage and beans. Great. And um, then when I moved, I decided to insist that the fish wouldn't be allowed in my next property. And the fish are now with my parents. So I've loaded the goldfish to my parents, although beans died recently. Oh, that is sad. Uh, what do you mean you insist- what, insisted in what way? Just that it's not I sort of you. said, oh, well, I couldn't possibly take the goldfish with me. Like, mum and dad will have to have them. <laughs> um, so it was just my way of offloading the pets on to someone else. Oh. They're just shit. That, like, they, you, don't get any, you don't get any affection from a fish and you have to clean them out all the time. Yeah, it's all the bad with none of the good, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Fish are shit. <laughs> Probably some of my favourite bits of all of Friends is Joey acting, but especially in Days of Our Lives. Like, this is the peak, just wonderful world they've built where Joey's a terrible, terrible actor on this awfully, apparently produced, real show where they don't even bother editing out it when actors go off script and start improvising and refuse to die. It's also a, a pretty wild soap opera because, well, I was under the impression, having never watched Days of Our Lives, obviously, that it was some sort of um, hospital-based soap. Right. Which it isn't. It's a bit broader than that. Joey is telling his mates what happens to his character after the episode they've just watched <laughs> and says something about going and finding the world's biggest emerald, but it's, but cursed. it's cursed. Like, suddenly, <laughs> Days of Our Lives has become... Indiana Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's supernatural and all that sort of stuff. I know. I mean, it's so <laughs> yeah. great. It's so great. There's a lovely bit of foreshadowing as well because he talks about meeting his long lost half brother, who we then meet in like five, six seasons' time. Striker yes, and Mori. Yes, of course. Um, but yeah, exactly. It's it's it, the thing about Days of Our Lives, and we've always said this is, if you didn't know better, you'd assume it was just a mad old. TV show that they'd created within Friends. Just totally made up, yeah, But exactly. it's completely real, and I don't know how much of the real Days of Our Lives, you know, whether you get a cursed emerald storyline in the real Days of Our Lives. Who knows, Pete? This is a level of research I'm not prepared to go to to watch loads of episodes of Days of Our Lives, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I just... I've, I've The only thing I know about Days of Our Lives is... Um, I went on Wikipedia to just check that it wasn't like a hospital drama. Right. And that, that that's about it. That's all I've got. I think <laughs> it probably says a lot about me 
and uh, the way I watched this episode that pretty much all my notes about this storyline are about the uh, production of Days of Our Lives and how it runs as a show because so many things I was like this is weird so like you'll remember if you're not even if you've not seen it recently the whole point is Joey says in a in a magazine interview that he writes his own lines and suddenly he gets killed off I'm le- we are led to believe that just one writer that happened to be writing the script that day is in a position to terminate Joey's contract with the soap opera without checking with any producers, any directors, any executives. Do you know what I mean? He's just a guy going, oh, you said that, did you? Right, I better kill you then. It's like, is that how soaps work? That The writer just goes, <laughs> oh, this, probably, this will probably happen today. A, I don't, but it's weird that the writer can just kill him off and then that's, that's what happens. B, even wilder, Pete, and the show is on that night. Like, we see the really? episode within this episode. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> and also, they have the, the tape of it, which they happen to put in, and immediately it is at the moment where Joey's character gets killed off. <laughs> so, I we're led to believe, and again, I realise I'm reading too much into the production schedule of this soap opera, but we're led to believe that the writer reads an interview that morning, writes the episode which gets delivered to <laughs> Joey's apartment that morning, he goes and then films it, it's edited, and then broadcast that night, and that's the the point where Joey's friends realise that he's been killed off. I mean, In that which is... time Joey has got home, it's on TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's sat on his couch depressed. It's yeah. a very, very, very strange setup they got there at Duel. I also forget how dreadful Joey's um, new apartment is. Like, just the whole thing. Is... It's hideous, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that red couch, the two dogs, the water mirror thing that we see later in the all-by-myself scenes. Like, just all the decor. It, it sort of reminded me of... Um, you've, you'll have seen, like, quite a lot of insights into sports stars' houses. Like, yeah. during, during lockdown, doing a challenge or doing some, just like... Just total gratuitous hideous interior decor yeah i i I find a lot of footballers yes um a lot of footballers seem to have velour exactly what i was i've written down it reminds i think it was maybe gareth bale i saw into his uh, thing when he was doing something the other day i was like just a dreadful velour couch a lot of chrome a lot of (laughs) um garish lampshades and a lot of very sort of heavily fabriced rugs yeah. and over the top sort of yeah hideous money doesn't buy you everything Drew, <laughs> uh, Drew? Drew? <laughs> uh, uh, welcome to our new catchphrase on Friends with Friends money, <laughs> money doesn't buy you everything Drew my brain has gone in such a way again this is a side effect of us recording <laughs> late in the evening is I've now called you Drew that's excellent if you've been uh, doing our, our weekly quizzes on uh, over on our Instagram <laughs> live you'll know we've got a new catchphrase which is half points off a twat's uh, yes. But now we can now add into that a new podcast catchphrase. Money doesn't buy you everything, Drew. <laughs> Which, I, as a catchphrase, big fan of. Imagine if the first you heard about losing your job as an actor was when you read the script. Right, well, this goes back, like, yeah. No one said anything to him before that point. <laughs> he's just opened the script and seen that he's effectively been fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so bizarre the way that show is run, isn't it? There's just apparently one writer that put calls all the shots and nobody speaks to anybody or like I mean, we know Joey's agent's not the best agent in the world, but I think she'd have something to say if her client mm. just got suddenly fired without anybody being told and the first thing that she sees is when it's on television, apparently. 
Although you have seen like on Twitter in the past couple of months, sadly, like obviously people being made redundant, losing work and things. And some of the stories about how people lose their jobs, maybe that isn't implausible. No, maybe not. just sort of forget to... Have I ever, Dave, have I ever told you about how I got um, told I was being made redundant? No. So it's from your former, for your former radio job. From my former radio job. Right. And he came in the studio about two hours before the show and went, it's not good news, big man. Oh my god! What? <laughs> it's not good news, big man. And then uh, tried to hug me. Wow! Do you know what he should have said? He should have said, burst into the studio and said, "Money can't buy you everything, Drew." <laughs> exactly. What a way to break bad news to anyone from now on. Hey, the other thing I noticed about this episode, Pete, was it contains your favourite Phoebe song. And a crusty old man said, "I'll do what I can," and the rest of the rats play maracas. Great. That's it, isn't it? I think it is. I think yeah. that's it. That's the episode of the end of an episode of Friends with Friends. I don't know why I said it weird and I got it wrong, but I don't know why I'm speaking this accent. I think we're all going a bit mad, aren't we, in lockdown? But hey. Well, we concluded that last week, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, I think that's very much, very much what's happening. But um, what we'd like to do now is invite you to suggest episodes for us to talk about next week. Uh, we are very grateful to. Lardy Basto, uh, for his suggestion, um, I think he just sent us a, a video and covered up the camera with his hands so we could <laughs> yeah. hear the audio, wasn't it? Um, so if you'd like to do the same, you, you can figure out how to send us a little voice memo on Instagram or whatever, or send us your suggestion on Twitter. Uh, tell us an episode that you'd like us to talk about, and hey, uh, we might talk about it over the next couple of weeks. And don't forget, tell us how much you love the podcast and it'll probably get on. Exactly. That's the way to sort of jump the queue, isn't it? And we're still doing our weekly quizzes, aren't we, Peter? Yes, we have the sixth one uh, on Friday the 8th of May. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast within the first couple of days of being out, uh, you can join us on Instagram Live. Uh, friend, no, FWF pod <laughs> on Instagram. Even we uh, don't join know us there. which one's which, do we? No, exactly. Uh, join us at 8 o'clock on Friday the 8th of May, 8 o'clock British summertime. Yes, it's worth saying, isn't it? Because one thing we've learned from the quizzes is uh, this the sort of global spread of the people that... We've had America, we've had New Zealand, had uh, Australia. Canada. Had Wales. Yeah, <laughs> Wales. As far-reaching as Wales. People listen to Friends with Friends. I feel like there was a German at one point. Uh, there was 100% a German, yeah. Couple of Scandinavians yeah. as well. I mean, hmm. is there a country we don't broadcast to? No, because that's how podcasts work. But it's really about whether people listen in those countries. Um, and yeah, what a what a what a lovely uh, thing it is to think that this stupid podcast of two idiots, uh, yeah. one of whom is called Pete and one of whom is called Drew, uh, spreads <laughs> around the world. And that is so lovely. Thank you. Name a country in which you don't think anyone who lives there has ever heard this podcast. Ooh. North Korea. <laughs> uh, no, we are not state approved. So. I wouldn't imagine we are. But if you do listen, look, maybe if you've uh, bypassed the system somehow and you do listen in North Korea, give us a shout out and uh, in brackets, just put dead or alive and let us know if, uh, let, yeah, let, let us know if he is because we, we don't know. Uh, what's a weird way to end Ooh. the podcast. Yeah, really didn't see that coming, but still. <laughs> nope. Neither did Kim. Uh, see you next week. <laughs> Bye.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.